gentlemen, and welcome to another Dishyeltic Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Yo, it is the first of the best seven days of the week. Woo! And it is also May the 4th be with you. Touche. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, of course, oh, sorry. I, of course, am your host, Charlie. I'm joined once again by the Clifford Counter himself, Celius. It is good to see you in the ones and zeros on this fourth. Of course, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, of course, a Thursday night hangout. This is a live show. We try our best to cover the topics most important to you. If you have any topics, just drop it into the chat, and we'll try to cover it during the show. If we do, unfortunately, run out of time, we will add it to the very next show. So let's start it off, shall we? And uh, we already have um, one comment in the chat room, and that is to talk shit about Redfall. Now, I haven't actually played Redfall yet, but I have heard that it's it's not good. There's been lots of issues, and apparently the company behind it, are, I think it's uh, Arkham or Arcane, uh, it's it's their worst game. It's the same company behind Dishonored, which is which a sweet game. Which was actually a good game, though. <laughs> Clark's a Sony, Sony fan boy for life. Well, Good I mean, for you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, like the game wasn't actually ever on my radar. Like yeah. I didn't even know it was a thing. And all of a sudden, I see all this like shit about Redfall and how it's like the worst game ever made. Basically, I was like, oh well, I wasn't playing playing it anyways. But now I guess I really don't have a need to actually play it. Well, it sounds like that, from my understanding, a lot of people are like, there's got to be a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed before this game could even possibly maybe be okay wait you mean a video game that comes out that still has more development needs to actually make it a complete game yeah what i that's crazy talk now the question is that's do they go 2022 do, do they um do they go with the we'll we'll fix what we got or are they going to try it or are we looking at the next version or attempt on like a Final Fantasy fourteen approach where they yank that whole motherfucker back and then rebirth it? But how often has that actually happened in worked? True. And I think it's one thing if it's like a 14 situation where it's an MMO right. where you can basically rebuild the entire thing from scratch and they have their whole history of you know Final Fantasies to follow on True. Um, versus a FPS like Redfall that comes out. Um so it's music like I'm on a website. What's wrong with Redfall and why it sucks? And of course, right next to it, there's an advertisement for Redfall. There's no fixing this with updates, says Clark. Yeah, I, it's a tricky balance of a game comes out um, well before it should have because there's more developmental needs. But of course, the people want to behind the scenes want to get the game pushed out the door because developmental cost um yeah yeah i from my understanding it's just this one it's what, what's what's the uh the fun uh um gosh darn it my brain just went off basically this this game has no teeth mm. like it's just kind of eh. and you've had all this beautiful build-up and it just fell flat on its face the release actually reminds me a lot of, so I've not played Redfall, mm -hmm. but I played the shit out of Outriders, which I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, and the game got shit on a lot um, because when it came out, 
there were a lot of bugs in issues with the game. Um, multiplayer is still terrible and doesn't really work worth a damn. Uh, never will. Like, it's not going to be fixed. Uh, so it's one of those things where I'm curious because, like, Outriders does a lot of things well. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that it's just terrible at that just aren't going to be fixed and you just live with it. Um, so I'm curious if Redfall's the same way. Although, from what I'm reading, Red, what I've read at least, Redfall is also more advertised as much more of a co-op type of game. Yep. Um, which apparently is part of the problem is the co-op doesn't really work very well. Which, with the co-op advertised game, is just a teeny daddy problem. Yeah, you would think that if it, if it's a cornerstone of your of what makes your game your game, that that would be one of the things that would have the most polish on it. You would hope. But again, you're seeing a situation where the, I mean, what. It probably is always online in some regard, I'm assuming. Right. Um, but you're seeing another case of, you know, a game coming out and day one, the servers can't handle the load. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a perpetual issue from developers and publishers where it's like, do you not know, like, two million people bought your game? Ergo, you should probably plan for two billion users day one. I don't know. Yeah. You would think. You would think. You would, you think, would think. You think. Now, um, speaking of, I guess, buggy starts, um, this being the 4th of May, uh, you know, this is, of course, like, basically the unofficial Star Wars holiday. The, the new game, Star Wars Survivor, is out on all the platforms, or on all the platforms they're supposed to be out on. And... There has been some issues on one of the platforms, and that of that is unfortunately the platform I've chosen to play it on, and that is uh, the PC. Ooh, PC loser race. Here, here's here's the thing. It's it's a really good game. Unfortunately for me, I've had it crash three times, and it is a game where it saves at the meditation spots. Ah. And if you don't regularly go to the meditation spots, then you know you're gonna have to do some like backtracking. Nice. Or not backtracking, but you're gonna have to basically go through it again because you know you got to get back to where the game was. Thankfully, um, you know you can once once the game basically freezes because that's what happens. It. It freezes, and then you know I've got to uh, shut it down the the not so nice way, and you can jump right back into the game, and it's just fine. So, yeah, it's, I'm actually just started playing the uh, predecessor of this, the Star I don't mark, the Star Wars one that came before this, Fallen Order. Yeah, I just like started playing that. It's, <laughs> so that one's like, good too. Already, what? That was a great game too. You know, it's, I'm enjoying the game. Um, it is definitely a good game, but I'm like, this is the perfect time to play Fallen Order. Yeah. Uh, now, the the nice thing is uh, there was actually some discussion since this is a sequel to Fallen Order, uh, Survivor. Um, uh, see, Clark says, I loved Fallen Order and, and liking Survivor, but such a weird Souls-like elements. 
Uh, I mean, it's it's the action combat where you yeah. have to be somewhat intelligent. Yes, you can't just. Uh, it's not like Diablo where you can't just go, ah, you know, kamikaze. You have to at least think about what you're doing. Oh, um, believe me, I I there is early in the game you you can go into a rancor pit, which I highly don't recommend. Uh, and it is it's got a one hit kill. Aww. What did the Rancors ever do to you? It will dash across, grab you by the way. As soon as it grabs you, it's going to just bite you half. <laughs> it's 2023. Fuck save points. Well, to be honest with you, I mean, that's, yeah. that's you know, I, I, like, I like the ability to have save points. I also like the ability to, to have um, manual saves. Newer save points are great is, to your point, the game's going to crash on you or you find a bug so you can reload from a previous save point before that bug encounters. Yeah. Um, like, I was playing a game. So I was playing um, Dragon Age 2, uh -huh. and I encountered a quest-breaking bug uh -huh. to get a character or a companion, whereas, like, if it was more like an um, autosave feature... Uh -huh. And you do something too quickly, you'd basically be stuck and never be able to get that companion. Yep. Um, versus because I had to save previous to that moment, okay, I went back in 10 minutes in time, and I was able to then fix what I did and get the companion. But if you didn't have manual saves, then you'd be forever screwed. So there's pros and cons. I To me, the autosave feature like that makes more sense in a game like um, Heavy Rain or Detroit becomes like this very story driven games where it's almost like you're playing like, you know, a character in the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, so those type of games I get, um, because they're not meant to basically read check. Okay. What's the skill tree or, uh, you know, choice tree and how's again to send every single way, because otherwise that's all people do. And that'd be kind of dumb actually. Yeah. Um, so in that case, I get those auto saves, but like, especially in RPGs, like, I agree with Krolik. Just let me save. I get you had the meditation points to like restore health and do points and stuff. That's fine to reserve that for the meditation points. Yep. But outside of that, I should be able to save whatever the hell I want. Well, I, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I, I do like my manual saves. And to be honest with you, I know that there are certain games that, um, that have, the option of when you ramp up the de the difficulty, you get like a permadeath type situation, which I'm totally fine with, you know, um, if, if that's, you know, but that kind of goes with the difficulty when you have it like on one of the lower difficulties and, yeah. and you're, you're basically at, um, uh, your, basically your entire life, your entire game is dependent on, these save points, mm -hmm. and if that file gets corrupted, mm. yeah, that's true too. I personally, there was, there are some games out there that allow you to basically make a million different manual saves, and then there's other ones that allow you to have an auto save and then a manual save. Which I'm the worst for me was like the Mass Effects and like the Jade Empires, mm -hmm. Kotor's. Mm -hmm. Because where your choices actually mattered. Yeah. I was one of those people who were like, I was like, huh, I'll choose the renegade choice. 
huh, I'm going to choose the Paragon choice. Which one's more interesting? Yep. I totally would do that in those games where I'd like do basically the, uh, yeah, I, I would get through Mass Effect with over 100 saves. It was kind of ridiculous. Looks like we have a yeah. Jade Empire fan in the crowd. I've said it a number of times on the show. If there's one game I want to remaster on, it's freaking Jade Empire. Yep. One of my favorite games of all time. Um, it, it had the great combat, but it was also the OG Bioware fantastic story-driven game with, you know, the choices mattered, you had the relationships, you had all the crazy stuff going on on top of the combat. It was like the perfect combining and loving of two great genres. Um, and then now Bioware's become what they have, and it's very sad. Yes. The problem is, Clark, I don't think we'll get a new game in the universe that I hear what you're saying. But, like, the way Bioware is now, I would only want to remake or remaster the game. Because if they made, let's just say, Gen Empire 2, it would be a steaming pile of shit. I'm sorry. Like, based on what Bioware has done over the last number of years, it would be a shell of itself. You would have some combat, and you'd have choices that don't actually matter. Which just wouldn't be fun. Um, so that's yeah. the tricky part. Like... There isn't a Bioware out right now that makes good RPGs where choices actually matter, I think, at least. I'd be happy to be shown that I'm wrong. I, I too. Uh, Clark says he wants Bioware to get his groove back. There's quite a few companies I would love to see them get their groove back, but unfortunately, that does not seem to be in the cards. I think the frustrating thing with the Bioware one is it's one of the few, like I know there's other companies that have lost their groove, like take Blizzard for instance, right? Yep. Yep. But like other companies have stepped up with like, for instance, action RPGs. You have games like, um, you know, Path of Exile. You got games like Last Epoch. You have Grim Dawn. You have a bunch of action RPGs. If you care about the Overwatches, you have those. So you have games that fill the void, but I feel like when it comes to Bioware, that type of choice-driven game, both like good versus evil, whatever we're calling it for the game, um, and then also relationships matter. Like, I don't know of any other game that does that consistently from a publisher anymore. And I think that's yeah. what we lost from really the death of Bioware or the OG Bioware. And it makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. there's some solid games back in the early days. Yeah. Anywho, let's let's move on to maybe some less depressing stuff. <laughs> um, so I now we just got Anthem. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh Thank boy. you for reinforcing my point, Clark. Thank you. Yay, Anthem. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Um, so, speaking of companies that, well, I don't know if they truly, they're not. Uh, okay. So, the company Bungie, um, 
it, they have officially won their lawsuit against the cheat maker. Uh, I can't remember the name, the guy off the top of my head, but uh, he, they made, uh, oh, I think we just disconnected there for a second. That's weird. Um, there we go. Um, uh, Bungie made, of course, all the whole, the halos before they left. Then they made uh, Destiny, now Destiny Two, and there was this cheat maker who basically allowed for Destiny players to see through walls and then to also in um, uh, improve aiming and. Bungie has officially won that lawsuit, and the cheat maker is on the line, or on the hook, I should say, uh, for $12 million. I'm sure that cheat maker will be paying that back tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. First thing, they're just going to drive over to the bank and uh, ta-da, $12 million. They need to take a uh, page out of one of the heist movies and probably go rob a bank to be able to pay that off. Well, the interesting thing is that their website still is up and they still offer cheats for <laughs> a lot of other games. It's just <laughs> uh, Destiny 2 is now no longer on that list. Okay. That's actually kind of funny. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I've never looked at the cheats. So. Don't really know. The last time I cheated a game legitimately was Diablo 2 with the gold dupes. What was... I would say the last time I truly used the cheat would have been... That was a good question. Did you use the game Genie? I had a game Shark. Well, yeah. Yeah, Game Genie, you know, Game the, Shark. The thing that did the stuff. No, I, I think the... Well, there was in I'm I'm not saying that uh, this is the last time I cheated, but one of the times that I know for a fact that I I um uh, used a what you call it um uh I guess a cheat a hack whatever is in Mega Man Three for the Nintendo. If you had the second player controller in and you held down the uh, left D-pad, the, the basically left direction on the second controller, you would immediately have Mega Man jump into a, um, a pit that would kill you. However, because you're holding that button on the other controller, now Mega Man can super jump and is invincible. Or there's also up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. Yes, the Konami code. That too. I've never, I don't, you know, I don't think I ever actually used the Konami code. I definitely did. I used that. I definitely used the IDDQD. Because I could not beat Doom or even come close to beating Doom without being invincible and getting my BGF 9000. Ah, yes, the BGF. I remember going to like the final boss and I'm like, how the hell do you beat this in normal mode? Trying to think, was that? Do you know I I 
I don't think I've really... I, th I think my the only way that I've truly cheated at a game was that I would start the game at a higher difficulty and then change the difficulty <laughs> in the pause menu and be like, look how badass I am. Ha ha ha. That's not cheating. That's just being a capitalist. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, cheating the system legally. Yeah. Um, That's what it's all about, sir. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't. But as with all, most things, like most of the games we're talking about are single player games. Right. And if you're cheating single player, who gives a shit? Like, do your thing. It's when it becomes a multiplayer game and you're fetching other people, that's when it becomes problematic. Well, I mean, or you have like the in between of using, for instance, a keyboard and mouse to play like FPSs on a console like the PlayStation 5 or Xbox, mm -hmm. which arguably, and I agree with, gives that player an unfair advantage. Yeah, I could see that. Does it really I mean, work? There's just certain the, the movements. Mouse and keyboard on, on a console? Oh, yeah, 100% that gives you, an, especially certain characters. There's just things mechanically you can do with the keyboard and mouse that you can't do with the No, I mean, controller. like, can you, I mean, functionality-wise on the system, does it recognize the mouse and keyboard? Yeah, you have to get, it's called, like, as sim and XIM or something, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. um, it's a specialized thing, because, like, by default, I don't think they're allowed. Like. Okay. If I use like my regular, like I have a keyboard hooked up to my PS5 that I use in um, Final Fantasy 14. Mm -hmm. Like, that's cool. You want to yeah. type, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you play like Overwatch, you'd be like, no. But you basically emulate what the controller does with a keyboard and mouse is what the um, what this piece of hardware does. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it's not allowed, but they also... Yeah, it's the Sim keyboard controller adapter. So it's like a, it looks like it's a USB adapter mm -hmm. that basically you plug in and it emulates your keyboard and mouse. That's what it does. Gotcha. An emulator. <laughs> yeah. But of course, the trick is, you know, from a hardware perspective, how do you differentiate between keyboard input and a controller input? Uh, your um, input software should be able to recognize between the two? Well, when it's coming from a sing the same piece of hardware, though. Like, the piece of hardware is basically transcoding it from keyboard and mouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, to, it's, ma if it's masking uh, it, then yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. I thought I thought you were asking, how does the game know the difference between a, a gamepad and a key yeah. keyboard and controlling? Uh... Oh yeah, no, that knows the difference between yeah. It's yeah, it's when it's masking it, that's when it's hard to know. Just have chat GPT fix it. Oh Jesus. Did we lose our feed? Did we do it, it again? Just... I thought we it looks like we're back. Are we gone? I don't know. Wait, I think we're back. Yep, holding, we're back. Holding. Anywho. Okay. Um Love the technical difficulties. So it's like Comcast. Exactly. Or Xfinity or whatever the hell you want to call them today. Um unfortunately, Netflix does not have the best of track records with 
making live action adaptations of anime. But there is another one that's coming out that um, the creator of this anime uh, is excited about. So I can slightly get excited about it. And that, of course, is One Piece. One Piece is that anime that's got over a thousand animated episodes plus a bunch of movies. Um, it follows uh, Monkey D. Luffy, um, which is the captain of basically the main character. He's basically the, the elastic man. Um, and I saw like a, a sneak trailer of like the building, some of the sets, the sets look gorgeous. Hmm. I just, I just hope that, you know, it actually does it justice. Cause the cowboy beep Bop one was absolutely horrendous. Um, I didn't watch the Death Note one, but I heard that one fell flat on his face as well. So Netflix and, and this guy's been working on uh, One Piece since 2016. Um, and I don't think I've watched a single live action translation of anime. Uh, I know they exist. But I just haven't watched any for whatever reason. I've seen the Attack on Titans, the, like the the actual ones from Japan. I've seen the anime, but not the live action. How was that one? The uh, Th those were. Action. I mean, it basically compressed um, the series into two movies, and um, yeah. gave away a huge chunk. If if you're stupid like I am and you watch them backwards because you're not paying attention, you get the big reveal really early and you're like, wait, what? Ah, but they were done. I mean, they were, they were, they got the job done. I mean, it's really hard to take an, an animated series. I mean, old school anime was usually you get 26 episodes and then you move on. But still, yep. even with 26, if you're trying to encapsulate 26 episodes, which is, what, 13 hours-ish of, of you know, content, you try to boil it down to two hours if you're doing a movie, I mean, it's really fucking hard to do. What about a live-action berserk? That would work. I don't I'm I'm kind of surprised that no one's actually attempted to It honestly to needs it. to be, like, retold. Like, start from scratch. Because, like, it starts, stopped, had weird things going on because well, of stuff. They, so they had the Berserk, and then they brought it back uh, with, like, CGI. But they didn't do it, or did they do it in, in episodes? I can't remember. And then there was, then MTV was going to try to make, um, I think it's called, like, the Dark Swordsman or something which was going to be, you know, like a retelling. And I think that one fell through the cracks. Um, but yeah, a live action Berserk would be awesome. It would be cool. You know, it actually be perfect for the role of Berserk. Who? Mr. Cavill himself. Yeah. He actually yeah. would be. I, yeah, I, would. I think he's a little bit busy with other stuff right now. Yeah. It's Warhammer stuff. Minor details, but he's somebody like, yeah, cause you gotta have somebody beefy. Yes, and someone who definitely knows how to swing a sword. No, oh, he can sing. He can swing a sword. Yes, yes, he can. 
Anyway, you know, so uh, I'm. I I want to see this um, One Piece. Now I've I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have not seen all thousand episodes. I have watched three hundred and eighty two of the episodes. That's a lot. Yep, it is a lot. And the funny thing is, when I played that that uh, One Piece game. Uh, I think at the end of last year, there were still characters that I had no idea who the fuck they were. I think the show I've seen the most of is Grey's Anatomy. It, okay, so if I take out one piece, I would say that the show I've watched the most... Ooh. How many episodes were in Star Trek Next Generation? I don't know. I was looking how many seasons are on Netflix of Grey's Anatomy. So there are eight. So I've seen 17 seasons of Grey's Anatomy with 26 episodes on each one. Okay. Well, I. That's a lot. I've seen 442 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Well, there you go. I can't wow. match that. That I'm going to just drink for that one. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't match that at all. I've never watched a series that long. It's one of those shows where, like, it's not great, but I've already invested 17 seasons of my life into the show. At this point, it's like, damn it, I'm just going to keep going. I can see that. Yeah, right? I'm totally, it's totally the sunk cost fallacy that I've invested in into the show. And I'm at peace with that. I mean, I watched, I don't know, however many episodes of uh, Elementary. Ooh, I watched quite. I watched every ep- episode up to I think like halfway through the second to last season, and because I, I was just like, "Dear God, this is this is it's it's it's." To be honest with you, it's Chuck all over again, where it's like ah. they they have a secret, you know, super secret, yeah. uh, whatever, uh, organi- evil organization that's trying yeah. to do something. And then Charlotte finds a way to shut it down. It's just like Chuck, you know, it's like, was it Fulcrum, The Ring? Oh, gosh. And whatever else was there. The other show that did that, what was on Jennifer Garner was in? That got Alias? Her. Do you ever watch Alias? Uh-uh. Oh, Alias went off the bloody rails with its secret organizations. Like, she worked for a secret organization within the CIA that was actually this other, it was very Chuck-esque in yeah. that regard. Yeah. And then I remember, like, there was, like, these doomsday... I mean, it's been years since I've seen the show, but there was, like, these doomsday, end of the world, like, technology. It was... It it got nuts with all the secret organizations and what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was definitely one of those shows that did that. I could see Supernatural getting really up there with episodes. That went on, that went on for a long time. Yes, it did. I never watched... I couldn't get into it, but... I know people got really into it. Actually, you want to talk about a show that has a shit ton of episodes. The Simpsons. I was going to say Law and Order. That too. Law and Order. NCIS. Yeah, but that that can't match The Simpsons. What does it count to all of the NCIS spinoffs? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) No. Then you're getting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Talk just. Oh, no. Can't do it. Can't do it. 
that's a lot of crime solving. Yes. Yes. You watch is. all those, you should have like an honorary degree in crime solving or something. Naval crime solving. There you go. All right. So speaking of crime solving, how about this? Well, a lot of people are calling this an absolute crime, and that is that Discord is going through a total revamp of its user names. And so it's going to, in the near future, force everyone to change and update your username. Okay, I was confused. I saw like a highlight, like top of the fold, like article about it, but mm -hmm. I didn't read it anymore. So, so okay, so what uh, going on? So you know how in Discord, uh, you've got your username. I will just say Alter Confusion. Then you have an underscore, and you have like four digits. Yes. They're going to do away with the underscore and four digits. So uh, it's like every username will be unique now. Is that the idea? Yes. So I got to get John instantly. Yes. God. <laughs> so it's going to be like in time. It's like at 2 a.m. on May the 20th, the floodgates open to like register your new name or something. Basically. That's gonna be nuts. That's gonna be nuts. But also, what what are the beautiful? Can I get Elon Musk's name. <laughs> sure, pay five bucks and you can get the uh, the blue check. <laughs> it's real, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now the 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 thing the the thing about Discord is yes, uh, with having the underscore and the the four digits, it does make, unless you know someone actually know someone's username you can't add them or talk to them or whatever but that mm -hmm. was part of the appeal for a lot of people uh, a lot of people who um uh, are in the lbgtq um arena or female uh yeah. have you know they're from minority group because it basically masked uh you know who who this person was you know, so you wouldn't get all that harassment. You wouldn't have all these people, you know, trying to spam you to death. You had a little bit more privacy where the people who you want to talk to have to know what your username is. Makes sense. Yeah. But now Discord's like, oh, no, we're going to revamp the whole thing. I mean, you could still choose a random A A A A A B B B B C C C name, so nobody actually knows who you are. Yeah, but the the I don't know how many alter confusions are out there because I think that's my username. Um, well, that's all they actually really care. Like, so for instance, like on Slack, you can choose a different name mm -hmm. for each Slack you're in, basically. Mm -hmm. So I could be like Zelius on an alt confusion slack and i could be johnny confusion on another slack mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. i can choose like different usernames yeah my question with the discord way is going to be like your one username zelius falls you across every discord yes because otherwise you're right like people are going to choose especially like the popular streamers who do a lot of shit on discord like people are going to obviously troll that shit and pick that name like yeah. Instantly, yeah. Now, I, hmm. I, I would not be surprised if you if you see a lot of people trying to ho to uh, hold usernames for hostage. Oh yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Like I'm honestly not too worried about my name because 
it's usually fine, but like a lot of people, it's going to, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, the thing is that the, the way that it is now, the underscore and then the, the digits, I mean, that literally just alleviates, you know, like from the old AOL days where it, you would have to be, I don't know, you'd always be like yeah. ultra confusion zero one or zero seven or whatever. I always thought it was it was definitely a bit archaic, but at the same time, I never had a problem with it. So like when I wanted to tag you, like I could type in altered, you know, automatically knew like yep. you're with your number. So it wasn't like I ever had like an issue with it. Right, because we're we were friends and we 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 had a um we have at Connection. least one Discord in common, one channel yeah. in common. Mm. I I just I don't I to be honest with you, I do not understand why they're making this move. It makes no sense whatsoever. Did like seven people bitch and moan because they didn't they couldn't contact their best buds or something? I mean Discord's been going yeah, I, doing I fine no. for however long it's been around and and you know it, it, it this this type of change kind in my opinion should happen in like the the infancy of the system not a well established system well and the other weird thing too is it's going to be where you have like your name yep and then your at handle name so now you have that weird situation where it's like you have like two names that you can be referred to, whereas at least now it's like a single username. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, whatever. Honestly, it's one of those things where right now it's like, oh, but in a year, everybody will forget it ever happened. Or someone, or there'll be a new alternative to Discord that everybody will jump over onto. I don't think it's going to happen with Discord. I, I don't think it's going to go the case of Twitter. You never know. I mean, I don't know. This is one of those things that they're changing, but I don't think it's the end of the world. No, um, it's, but it's gonna, it's gonna, it's definitely going to have some growing pains. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to be enough to redirect people to... What's the alternative? Slack? I guess. I don't know. That, I mean, that's the thing, like... Yeah, I don't really see it turning away users over this decision. Mm -hmm. um, it's one thing people might not like, but it's not like probably going back on Twitter. It's not like a long list of like anti-user actions where it's like, what the hell are these people thinking or not thinking? As right. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, it's like a whatever. I guess we'll find out. Until somebody steals my username and tries selling it to me, and then I'll call them a bastard. Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's pause for a second to thank the amazing uh, friends of the show who help Alter Confusion be the Alter Confusion that you have grown to love and care for. So, without further ado, let's jump into it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you about the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring 
games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to anycluster.com. The next shout out we got to give is, of course, Doodle Boy Media. Noodle Boy, uh, sorry, founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wet Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots, panel recordings at conventions, and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash Media today. Now we got to talk about the guy who can get all those kinks, aches, and pains out of your wrists, your back, your legs, all that stuff. And that, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. Now let's talk about the maestro himself, and that of course is Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Now, of course, the final shout-out we got to give is to the OG, the original gangster, the original supporter of Alter Confusion's patron page, and that, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both a development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to AgileAxiom.com. Now I know a lot of you out there are curious as to how you can be a friend of the show. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to blow your mind and tell you exactly how it is done. Ladies and gentlemen... Alter Confusion survives the love of supportive fans like you, and so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, mummies, werewolves, vampires, supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange... We gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. We currently have two tiers. That's the $1 tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year. And what that gets you is early access to all of our playthroughs as well as the ability to participate in patron-only polls and posts. If you're feeling a little frisky, you can jump up into the $5 a month 
tier. That's $5 a month or $60 a year. Not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain your name or organization added to every single Friends of the Show section of the Thursday Night Hangout. So if you want to become a patron for Alter Confusion, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Altered Confusion. Now, of course, we have to do one other uh, announcement, and this is something that we're very, very proud of. Ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for uh, for 12 straight years. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best game to help sick and injured children at their chosen children's miracle network hospital the money that we raise through extra life will go directly to children's health care of atlanta as unrestricted funds this means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat so if you have the capacity to donate please go to extra-life.org and search for altered confusion today what about yesterday? Well, if you're searching for it yesterday, then I'm assuming you've already donated, and I just want to say thank you for your donation. Excellent choice. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's see here. Let me look at my list of topics here. Uh, last week, we talked about the fact that Hi-Rez Studios, or one of their many companies that are underneath the Hi-Rez uh, banner, are removing games from the Switch. Oh. Uh, now, this week we have another highly anticipated game called uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns uh, that's coming out on all the major uh, platforms. However, uh, it is official the Switch version of the game has been canceled. It's just, to be honest with you, it makes total sense. I mean, if you look at the trailers, you look at what they're trying to do with the game, the Switch cannot handle that game. Not not smoothly. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a case where the Switch hardware-wise was always lagging well behind the Xbox, the PlayStation, and hell, most people's PCs and yep. a lot of phones for that matter. Um, so it's not surprising that from a hardware perspective, it just can't keep up with some of the newer high-fidelity games with Ultra XD graphics. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I... Um, I mean, it looks pretty damn cool, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not really surprised that they've bowed out of the, um, the, the switch release. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably give more, uh, fuel to the rumors of when does a new version of the switch come out? Um, a, a, oh, uh, a, 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 an heir apparent. Because there's, there's, you know, there there are like the small little updates, uh, the newer OLED, yeah, stuff, but like a true like entire hardware system update. Correct. Yeah, like an actual, real graphics card and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, but the Switch still seems to be doing quite well on its own oh, as God, it yeah. is. So it's kind of. I mean, at this rate, we're going to hear about a PlayStation 6 before we hear about a new uh, Switch, which would be actually kind of funny. But at the same time, I totally believe that's what, what's going to happen. Because you're going you're gonna to get... Uh, there's going to be probably... I know we're about to be, uh, have another Legend of Zelda 
I wouldn't be surprised if there is an, an an additional Legend of Zelda that comes out before a new Switch comes out. So you think one more big Zelda release for the current Switch? So you've got the big one that's about to drop, and I would say one after that. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that would be my guess. And probably, I don't know, two, three, four more Pokemon games. Well, I mean, because you hear like no rumors at all. Yeah. Of like actual real rumors of like a new console from any of the of a as it is today right i don't actually see a reason particularly from the sony or microsoft side to release a new console in the next five six years because mm -hmm. all their games that they're releasing with a very few exceptions are also for the uh ps4 and the xbox one mm -hmm. so they're all backwards compatible so it's like why even look at a new generation of console if you're not even making current gen console games only? And right. the games are fucking beautiful, anyways. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, you always get more polygons with a newer, you know, console, but like, I know we've been saying this for years, but there comes a certain point where it's like, how much more is a new console really going to get you? Right. Um, Those seven extra polys, man. Well, I think a large part of it, because I think a lot of the new consoles was going to be predicated on the hope of um, VR. Yeah. Honestly, because that does require more power. Yes. But I think we've seen that that's ways off, not from a power perspective, but just from the customer base. Exactly. Because well, the customers will have to buy in to yeah. VR, like truly buy in. Yes, I understand. There's VR options on several different platforms. But it's yeah. still, uh, it's still you know like an an added feature. It is not. I know, like the I focus. have the uh, headset for the PS Five, and it's cool. Yeah. It's fun. I like it, but it's it gives me enjoyment, but it doesn't. It's not a must. Like, yeah, thank you. That's it. it's not a must experience for the PlayStation Five. You can still have a fantastic experience without it. Yeah, and yeah, like and I also I think that's key. If I didn't already have the PlayStation 5, I would not have bought the PS5 just for the VR experience. Yeah. And I think that's the bigger issue. Yep. In terms of VR taking off, is until that becomes the case, it's kind of like you've had games over the years where people will buy a console because of video game franchises, like the Zeldas or the Pokemons. Yep. yep. Nobody, I think, is buying a console because of VR features. Yep. And I think to your point, until that kind of happens, the uh, some people buy VR, but it's definitely not a game changer. Right. Um, so I think the Switch is the one console that actually does need a hardware revamp. It would would benefit from a hardware improvement. Right, right, right. I mean the the only and to be honest with you, if if VR truly excels, in my opinion, it's gonna be on consoles because you're you're talking about the same hardware across the board. PC, yes, you can have super duper power PC, but you've also got people who have like, you know, uh economy class PCs. And when you're when you're trying to push something like VR, you want the everyone to have an amazing experience. And the fact of the matter is that I I pretty sure that if I were to try to put a VR headset onto my desktop, I would have a shitty experience in comparison well, to someone who 
just bought a PC like a month ago. Remember, that's where they tried, though, to do the VR headsets that had like the built-in processor, for lack of better terms. But yep. then you had to use your phone with the VR headset to like actually power it. Or they tried or, or you're, you've got a 10-pound brick yeah. sitting on your head and you can only play for so long before you, you're literally just exhausted. I think what it'll actually take, in my opinion, is a wireless, a true wireless HD or um, VR headset. Now, the, I know that's many applications as far as like the battery is obviously a big one, how that work. Yep. I don't know. Um, but I think that's actually a big hurdle is the wire issue because so many people now have their PCs and their consoles. Because like, okay, when we were growing up, right? Mm -hmm. You had the Nintendo and you sat like six feet from the TV. A, because we all had like 30-inch TVs at the biggest, right? Like, yep, yep. you know, these big 55-plus-inch TVs, those were a novelty when we were growing up. Yep. And they also weighed like 200 pounds. Um. So, no, we were seeing our small little 20 to 25, maybe 30-inch TV yep. all corded, right? Like, nobody yep. had a wireless. There's no Did such thing. make a wireless Nintendo controller? No. Uh, I think... What was the first console that actually had a wireless controller? Now I'm curious. I know 64. Was the 64? That actually be a good trivia question. Um, what was the first console that had a wireless... wireless a non-third-party wireless controller? Has Ooh, to be first oh, party. now see you non third party. First party, I think, has to be the requirement here. Yeah, that's a good trivia one. So now, like a lot of us when we're playing our consoles, like we're sitting like in our TV, like our couch or recliner, because a we have the wireless controller, and b we all have our big ass TVs now. Same thing with the PCs. Like our PCs, like you know, they're under our desk. They're out of the way. And you kind of set up for a tournament setup with your keyboard and mouse. Like your wires are out of the way, but like you're not taking your mouse and keyboard and like moving around 180 or 360 degrees. Right. So it sounds like such a minor thing, but that cable is actually, a, I think, a big annoyance. Oh, yeah. Because most people in the consoles, like they're tucked behind like in some entertainment cabinet. Mm -hmm. Because you can sit wherever the hell you want with your controller. Um, so I really do think that's a big thing is the lack of wireless VR. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no. I, and, and I, I think that that would be a huge step because you're, you're absolutely tethered, which, yeah. which, you know, in this day and age where all gaming, you know, uh, game pads are wireless to, to introduce something that's supposed to improve, you know, to truly give you immersion but now you're tethered to a specific yeah. location. It's, you know. And I don't, like, a good wireless VR headset, it's not going to cause VR to take off. Right. But I think it's a prerequisite for VR to take off. Agreed. Agreed. But there are a lot of hurdles that, that we'll have to get, oh, you know. That's just one of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but hey, you know, I mean, people are also still perfectly content to game on their um, iPhones and Android tablets. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, there yeah. Are, there are certain times where a game kind of looks cool on my iPhone, but <laughs> for playing it longer than like three minutes, my my eyes start to hurt. My arm, my fingers are just 
all over the damn screen. Yeah, I hear that. I can't. I can't do. You know, I can't do action games. That's that's a no go for me. Unless I want to carry a phone that's basically the size of a tablet. The hard part for the action games on the iOS for me is it's not the finger issue. It's more so they try to cram so damn much into the screen. Yeah. Where either I don't actually know what's happening regardless of my finger placements, or it's like those auto combat MMO RPG games that are just like it does it all for you. Just it's like walk up when you're within the uh in the area. They'll swing yeah. for you. You don't have to tap the screen. Yep. It's it's either one or the other. Um, I think I found one actual like RPG. When I say RPG, I mean like a Diablo style ARPG that I mm -hmm. actually thought was well done on the Switch. Or sorry, not the Switch, the uh, iOS, the mm -hmm. iPhone. I think I found one I actually like. Twitch. And that's it. Yeah. I... And I've tried a lot over the years. I think basically all of my games on my phone are idle games or word games. Yeah. Idle games are... The problem is they all become the same after a while. I have found one that, I don't know, I'm still getting enjoyment out of because there's a, there's a really good story. Mm. It's just... Not gonna not, not gonna lie, the, the game does feel make me feel a little dirty. Because, what is it called? Uh hold on. Now I gotta know. Uh it's called Oh balls. It's called Idle Angels. The the gonna, gonna be totally honest with you, the um the characters are hypersexualized. Idle but, Angels, realm of the goddess. But the story is actually really good, and so I'm just so I'm like conflicted. I'm like, <laughs> wow, okay. They, in real life, those ladies would not be smiling. Or like, I found a it was actually an idol game I really liked, like not a RPG idol game, but like a clicker hero style idol game. Yeah, I guess a clicker game. Yeah, um, or incremental. I guess is actually the real name. Mm -hmm. The problem, it's basically like a research game where like you have to research like flask and like it was really well done. Mm -hmm. The problem is the text becomes so damn small. Yep. Or even like, I mean, I got one of the fat tablet or it's almost like a tablet phone. Like I right. got the Mac, whatever it is. Right, right. I can like barely make out text. It's like so, they try creating so much on the screen. Yeah. Like I really like the core mechanics. But it was so I struggled so hard to actually know what's going on. I stopped playing because like I just can't read what's going on in the game. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like cool idea, guys. Actually, I wonder if it's on the PC. Maybe. Actually, that's become like if it's that people that like with magnifies the, the text. If it's squished with that much text, I would hope that there's there's a, a port of it onto something that you could actually read. I may have to find out. Well, there you go. Ooh, Idol Angels on Facebook. Yeah, no, I my I am not connecting that on Facebook. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Nope. Because then you're like, it's not even that. It's also like the algorithm. Yes. Actually, probably the fact I actually looked at Idol Angels on Facebook now. 
I'm going to get some interesting Oh, yeah, posts. you're going to get some real awesome ads. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm just trying to help you out, Zelius. Oh, you like idol angels. What other angels do you like? Oh, boy, oh, boy. But yeah. No, I. to be honest with you, I've played that game a lot. I'm level... Let's see here. I have not spent a dime on this game, by the way. But I am level... Let's see. Come on. Log me in. Level 110. Good lord, yo. It's... I mean, it's not like you have to do a lot, but there's more functionality that opens up the higher level is. And That's pretty normal, yeah. It, it definitely... You know, it, it doesn't take too much time, but it it, it does take some focus. Um, and like I said, I don't know. It, there's just something about the story that's kind of cool. Basically, you are like a, a godlike character who's trying to stop uh, some other gods that are trying to corrupt the world. It is a little weird that all deities are female. Seeing a female Odin... And female Icarus, and uh, you know, in, insert some other, you know, like Roman or um, uh, Greek or uh, Japanese god, and they're all female. It's a little weird, but I'm okay. I see some backgrounds for you to put onto your uh, PC, by the way. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> Maybe they can become the Alta Confusion backgrounds. No, I'm I'm, I'm all right. My all right. my PC background will always be the Laughing Man from um, Ghost of the Shell Standalone Complex. Good Lord, yo, you've had that one forever. Yeah, like I said, I my and my uh, my convention laptop, or sorry, not my laptop, my convention PC will always have a Cowboy Bebop background. You know, you, you could change things up once in a while. Can't do it. Can't do it. Change is good for the soul. In some regards. If I didn't have my laughing man background, I'd be like, whose computer is this? <laughs> I don't even know what this is anymore. And I also, I mean, I, I re, I, speaking of laughing man, I did rewatch all of uh, Ghost of the Shell Standalone Complex recently. Hmm. I had to, had to be done. You just had to. Yeah, we just had to be done. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, I know we're getting close to the end. Uh, I do want to once again wish everyone may the fourth be with you. Uh, I'll drink to that. Uh, hopefully, everyone out there got to celebrate Star Wars in some shape or form today. Uh, I will be playing more Star Wars Survivor after this. Uh, hopefully it does not crash or freeze because I'd actually like to advance the story. Um, I've heard that it is a phenomenal game uh, and I would like to experience said phenomenal game. However, I don't think um, I don't think my computer could truly handle streaming it because it looks uh -huh. like it's it's been kind of choppy. So unfortunately, I, I might have to find another game to stream. I might go back to Dead Cells. Which, oh, big news. Oh, I oh. beat it. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I finally did it. 
So I was going to say, you know how people have what they consider controversial opinions, right? Yeah. So I have one about Star Wars that I would say it's controversial, but I actually don't think it's controversial. I think a lot of people agree with. Okay. The best Star Wars movie uh-huh. is not even part of the trilogies. It's Rogue One. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Ewoks. No, it's. I think Rogue One is actually the best Star Wars movie ever. In that, uh, was that the one that Gary Widow was a part of? I think so. It was the first standalone because I I don't know where in the order it actually is. Hold on, um, I'm, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look up Rogue One because I it think was, that's it was, the one with Gary Widow. Yeah, it was a standalone. Star Wars that had nothing. I mean, it had something to do with the trilogy. It's like it fit into the overall canonicalness of the trilogies, um, especially if you watch the entire show. Yep. Um, but it stood on its own, regardless of the trilogies, um, which also meant it was not weighed down by the weight of Luke Skywalker and Palpatine and all the other shit they had to shoehorn into every single movie even though they could have really done without it and it would have been fine, but they didn't do it anyways. Which is kind of, which it, which you bring up a very interesting um, uh, point there. A lot of people have Skywalker fatigue. And so with all of these new, you know, TV shows, uh, animated, both animated and live action, of course, and then you also have like Rogue One and stuff, that those are starting to become, I guess, the, the, higher quality because you aren't having to constantly shoehorn in the name of Skywalker. Yeah. I think when writers can create their own content, I mean, obviously you have to fit it into the the universe world of star Wars and the other things come with it, but you don't have to have Skywalker in it. And let's be honest, like you have to include Luke Skywalker in the, I don't remember the name of them are now, but the last three trilogies, last three movies of the trilogy, I'm sure some exec somewhere who has no screenwriting experience whatsoever is like, oh, and this really cool thing has to happen with him because audiences will love it. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and I don't remember what the... And so some of those scenes, probably the writers didn't have a whole lot of The Rise of Skywalker. And so it's like... Now these writers have to try creating a story around something that they would not have done themselves. Right. And that has to suck. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah. So it definitely there's a other very good Star Wars stuff out there. I've never been a huge fan of the trilogies myself. Um, I get why they were popular, but they just never quite did it for me. But well, the standalone stuff, I think it's pretty good. I'm enjoying all the um I've enjoyed most of the TV shows. Um I re- I have not gotten into Mandalorian. I know that sounds crazy, but um I've heard Mandalorian's awesome. Uh, yeah, I've heard that it's it is awesome from what I've heard. Uh I did get into was it the Book of Boba Fett? Mm. Uh or the Book of Fett or something like that. That was a really good series or I'm I'm hoping there's more, but I don't know. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I've also had the Clone Wars is amazing. Yes, that that is amazing. Um, and uh, what is it called? The Bad Batch. Mm. Um, and then they're coming out with a new one that's all that's centered around Anakin Skywalker's uh, apprentice, Ahsoka. More Skywalker, but not really. I know. 
But anyways. No, I know people are excited about that one, actually. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think I will let uh, everyone go back to their Star Wars-themed events this evening. But I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving you come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, may the 4th be with you. Amen to that, brother. <laughs>